Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker. Worker of yours. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker worker of yours. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. And yes, thank you very much. And speaking of help, this is what you're going to get. And with whom? Master Gardener Teresa Rooney is with us uh, this morning. Teresa, good morning. Good morning, Danny. Good morning, everybody out there. Nice to have you back on the show. And uh, we are, even before you got on, we're already getting text messages from our uh, listeners. And if That's they, wonderful. Yeah, it is. It always is. And if you'd like to call and chat with Teresa instead of a text, either way is fine with us. 651-461-9226 is the number for either your text or for your phone call for Master Gardener Teresa Rooney. Uh, let's, uh, now, we hope to get at least a do in my yard after last year, wow, uh, is get some more showers. We yeah. still need more showers, right? We need rain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We do need rain, and, yes. And is there anything we can be doing? Uh, I haven't seen 
or heard lawnmowers yet. Maybe we're just behind in my neighborhood. I'm going to have to get to the backyard <laughs> one of these days. And I know you don't have to worry about that. In I don't have to worry about that yeah. lawn mowing stuff. That's no, correct. you don't. But a listener wants to know, speaking of yards, what's the best time to aerate my yard and is it worth doing? It is worth doing. The soil is probably compacted, especially if you live in an urban area and you haven't ever done that. You could you could see how hard your soil is. Um, you can aerate in the spring or the fall. Is so either one is um, an option for you. I would definitely go to the extension site, extension.umn.edu, and look on the lawn and look at the lawn calendar, and it will tell you what to do. You could also seed your lawn now, but then you can't put down your um, crabgrass pre-emergent. But I think you said uh, you and your colleagues have said it too, at least I've heard it, that the best time, if you do it on a semi-regular basis, aeration, that fall, fall, fall is really mm-hmm. the best. Time. Yep. Yeah, fall is fine. It, 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 that's the best if you if you really need to, if you think you need to do it and really have to, and this is your only time, then go ahead and do it in the spring. Yeah. Fall is the better time, though. You are correct. Okay. Texter says this, Teresa. Good morning. Love the show. Thank you. I believe uh, you had once heard, or they had heard on the show, that putting Christmas cactus outside in the summer. If so, what type of sun should they be exposed to? I would definitely start in the shade with all your plants. You want them to get used to being outside so they don't get sunburned. And then after about a month you or a week or two, you can move it into a little bright light. Uh, it doesn't really need the hot west sun. So east light would be perfect for it or um, the southeast would be great for it. Or if it can get a little bit of shade from the hot west sun, that would be fine too. This and is- just watch it. The leaves will turn kind of, they might turn up bra burgundy or they might look like they're sunburned and if they look like they're sunburned then you know you need to move it to a more sheltered location what can you do about tomatoes where we've been talking at our house about uh, probably doing more container uh, container growing as far as tomatoes is mm-hmm. there anything you can do to prepare for that or can is it is it too early to get get them going outside now it's probably too early to get them going outside unless you're in the in the real metro metro area um, you want that soil to be nice and warm, and containers would warm up faster. You do need to watch those nighttime temps. Um, you know, if they stay at 55, that's okay. If they're going to be a little warmer, that's okay. If they're going to dip down into the 40s, I probably wouldn't be planting my tomatoes about yet, but definitely not in the soil. It's way too early to plant tomatoes outside. Okay. And if you're looking for container tomatoes, look for tomatoes that are determinate. That means they'll only get so tall. The other tomatoes that are indeterminate grow all season long, and they can get 8 or 10 or 12 feet high, and that's just too big for your containers. I think I I I did (laughs) that. Unless you have really big containers. I think uh, two years ago I did. They must have been indeterminate because I kept adding stakes, and, yeah, I think... (laughs) I think it got to at least eight feet, but these were oh my. these were the sweet one hundreds. Now, is that indeterminate? Oh, those indeterminate? I thought they were determinate. Well, I thought they were determinate. Whatever, yeah. they were healthy. Eight they feet. They were healthy. Either they were way, happy. it was eight feet. Yeah, and good and delicious. Uh, and but, when you when you grow tomatoes in containers, or when you grow any plant in container, but most most especially your tomatoes, you want to keep the soil moist, not soak, soaking wet, not dry. So you you may have to water it sometimes two or three times a day, mm. depending upon how hot the container gets 
how much the bigger containers can hold more moisture for a longer time. Uh, but it's that uneven watering that'll give you blossom end rot with that first fruiting. So if you can keep the container moist all the time uh, between you and Mother Nature. Okay, good idea. Uh, Texter says this, Teresa, good morning. Is there any difference between six hours of sun in the morning to early afternoon or say noon to six, seven o'clock as far as tomatoes, veggies, and flowers requiring six-plus hours a day, uh, their patio starts getting sun about 11.30 in the morning. That's from okay, if, yep, if your patio, the, there is a difference. The early morning sun is softer and not quite as intense. The afternoon sun is very hot and very intense. So depending upon your flowers and your tomatoes, tomatoes would love that hot, intense, but they'll do perfect on that, on that patio that starts getting sun at 11. They'll, they'll be perfect there. Uh, Keep in mind, if you're new to the show, thanks for joining us. Master Gardener Teresa Rooney helping us out uh, this morning, either by phone or by text, 651-461-9226. Boy, we've got a lot of texts already. Uh, We did this one already. I have come across, texter says, oh, here's the jumping worm question again. Oh, good. What's the best way to dispose of them, and can they be drowned? Ooh, there's a tough one. Well, I suppose you could drown them um, and then drain them and then throw them in the garbage. Um, but, yeah, don't put them in your in your compost trash. Uh, I would probably, if you can't double bag them, uh, and once they stop moving around and they're all dead, maybe leave them out in the sun to cook them a little bit and then double and can't double bag them. Uh, and once they stop moving around and they're all dead, maybe leave them out in the sun to cook them a little bit and then double and be- to bag, double bag them and toss them in the garbage. You don't want to put them in compost and you don't want to put them in the city compost. Very good. Uh, let's see. Texter says this, I'm switching to raised beds for my vegetables this year. What uh, soil mixture should I use? There is a soil mixture called, ra- called raised bed uh, or raised container soil mixture, and that is the one I would definitely, definitely go for. Or go for a container with a little bit of um, uh, compost mixed in, but try to get the raised bed soil. That will be the best for you. This uh, could be a suggestion for the University of Minnesota website, extension.umn.edu. Uh, thank you for the gardening show. Are there any vegetables or herbs you would recommend planting on the north side of a house? Anything useful that uh, we could reap? The area has limited sunlight. Limited sunlight. You look for your green vegetables, like your salads. Uh, sometimes cilantro can go out there a little bit longer. It would like more sun, but with it, within the shade, it's going to be cooler, so it may last you a little longer. But look for things that you're growing for the leaves, your lettuces, your spinaches, uh, things like that. That will probably be your best bet for the, for the shade. All right. Take a quick break here, Teresa. If you have a lawn or garden question for Master Gardener Teresa Rooney, call us or text us, 651-461-9226. 63 degrees here on a Saturday. Uh, fishing open a weekend. Mother's Day tomorrow. Don't forget mom. It's News Talk 830 WCCO. Good Saturday morning to you here on 830WCC. We're in the midst of our Smart Garden Show this morning. Master Gardener Teresa Rooney answering those lawn or garden questions for you. 651-461-9226. Callers uh, and texters, as usual, Teresa, let's put you back to work. Uh, Wendy, I think, is first up here calling from uh, Richfield. Thanks, Wendy. What's your question? Yeah, I do 
a lot of container and raised bed gardening, and I'm wondering how often should I change that soil? Uh, you don't have to change it at all, really, if you want to just take off a few inches on the top every year and then just mix in some compost, that'll be good. If you do run into a time when you get diseases on your plants, Wendy, then you want to take that soil out and then maybe either put it in the compost bin or toss it away and start fresh the next year after you've sanitized the container. Good question. Yeah, but yeah you don't have to replace it every year. Save some money and buy some more plants. Well, that's good news, yeah. Uh, Texter says, my elm tree is shedding thousands of little green things all over my yard and garden. Will they sprout if I don't clean them up? Possibly. They could. Yeah. It's possible. Yeah. I, I would often have forests of elm elm seedlings in my neighbor's yard from my tree. Yeah. Right. We have another <laughs> phone call. Teresa, Kathy's uh, calling in from uh, Shorewood this morning. Hi, Kathy. What's your question? My question for Mary is, how do you get rid of garlic mustard? Oh, garlic mustard is a biennial, Kathy, and you're, you do want to get rid of it. It is an invasive plant. Uh, just if you can pull it, that's perfect, uh, especially cut it down before it goes to seed. So once it flowers, you want to cut it back. If you can't pull it, at least cut it back, then it can't go to seed as soon as you see it start flowering. But if you can pull it, that's the best way to get hold, uh, get rid of it. Otherwise, you can use an herbicide on it. Just make sure it's listed for the herbicide and use that uh, correctly. The label is the law. This uh, listener, uh, Teresa, is, wants to start a tulip garden. They think they're so beautiful. When is the best time to do that? And is is it easy to grow tulips? It's very easy to grow tulips. Uh, the best time you would plant those tulip bulbs in the fall, as soon as your garden centers start getting the tulips in as a bulb, then usually at the end of August you can start planting them. Um, there's some great ideas at the Arboretum this year. I would go out there. There are tulips that are blooming just beautifully. Uh, you can dig them plant them individually or in trenches or however you want to do that. But yes, tulips are very easy. You just plant the bulb the correct depth down uh, 8 to 10 inches or deeper if your soil is very sandy and then just uh, water it in really well, cover it up uh, with maybe some chicken wire so the squirrels don't dig up the tulip bulbs. And then in the spring, you will have beautiful tulips. Correct me if I'm wrong, Teresa. Isn't there a uh, plant sale going to be happening? There is, there's, oh, Denny, there's multiple plant sales out there. Uh, First of all, the Arboretum's plant sale is today and tomorrow, but you do have to have tickets, so go online to get tickets. But next Saturday, the Hennepin County Master Gardeners are having their plant sale. Starts at 9 o'clock at the Hopkins Pavilion. Uh, Get there early, bring a little wagon to drag all your trophies home. Uh, Dakota County and Ramsey County Master Gardeners are also having their plant sale on uh, May 20th. That's all next Saturday. So there's plant sales galore. The wild ones will be having their plant sales soon. I think that's in June. So there's plant sales everywhere. So a lot of plants. Yeah. But it's (laughs) this, this, this weekend for the Arboretum, huh? This weekend for the Arboretum, next weekend for the Hennepin County Master Gardeners. Yep. Excellent. Thank you. Uh, Thank you. This listener wants you to talk about ants as pollinators. Oh, that's what we were just mm. talking about that yesterday on our little our little uh, community chat that we have for, for Hennepin County Master Gardeners. Um, ants are pollinators, especially for your, like, uh, Canadian ginger, the wild ginger that runs over the, over the ground, the ground cover. Uh, they are wonderful pollinators. They do move seeds around. Now, they're not going to be as wonderful as a pollinator, as a bumblebee, which is fuzzy, 
because ants are smooth, but they still move pollen from one plant to another. You'll find them mostly uh, the best plants would be the ginger that they pollinate. But they also eat a lot of seeds and they aerate the soil and they eat a lot of weed seeds and destroy weed seeds. So ants are pretty good in your garden if you can handle that. If you're just joining us, Master Gardener Teresa Rooney, handling all of these lawn and garden questions this morning on our Smart Garden Show. Here is another one. Now, by the way, I should mention that phone number. It's also the text number. But if you want to call and chat with Teresa, we'd love to hear your voice. 651-461-9226. Good morning. This texter says, Teresa, my columbine coming up beautifully. I remember in the past years I've gone out and found that a leaf miner has eaten all the foliage, uh, leaves uh, leaving the stem. Is there anything I can do to, to prevent this from happening? Hmm. Leaf miners don't normally eat the foliage. They make little like uh, ribbons through the foliage, so it looks like someone took a marker and drew designs on the foliage. It could be another critter that's out there eating the foliage. In that case, you do have to find out what it is. Um, leaf miners just stay in the leaves, and they don't. They just make those lines, so they don't really hurt it. Uh, but if something's eating it, I'm thinking it's maybe a caterpillar of some type. And so you would just have to figure out what caterpillar it is and decide what you want to do. Normally, this kind of damage isn't a problem and the plants still flower. Uh, but you do need to identify which who is out there eating it before you can go further and apply any herbicides or, I'm sorry, pesticides if you need to. Uh, because it might be a butterfly call, uh, caterpillar that you really want later on. And you want to let that be then. So you need yeah. to identify it first. Yeah. Good. Yeah. yeah. Good, good, good idea. Uh, this listener planted a rhododendron three or four years ago. It has done poorly. It dies back a little more each year. Is it uh, rather it is in a spot that is mostly shade and near some yew trees. Any ideas about what the problem could be? I would think that perhaps the soil is a too high pH for the rhododendrons. They like a more acidic soil. So you could use something like soil sulfur uh, with azaleas and rhododendrons and blueberries. You can top those, uh, sprinkle soil sulfur over the soil every spring and fall. Spring, the acidity level down, your pH level, I'm sorry, the acidity level up, your pH level down so it's more acidic. Uh, we have to do that in the southern part of the state because our soils are, are too sweet. They're too, they're too high, out, too alkaline. That would be my first guess. And uh, make sure that you do have a mulch over it. Rhododendrons and azaleas have a fine root system that stays near the surface. So they do need some supplemental water occasionally if we go droughty because they have that fine root system rather than deep roots that go deep looking for for nutrition. So they have that fibrous roots. You kind of need to take care of those a little bit. But I would definitely also go to the extension website, extension.umn.edu, and just check if there's anything else you can be looking for. And before we check weather, Ed in Worthington, I believe, is on the horn to ask you a question. Ed, what's your question for Teresa? Uh, Teresa, I'm planting some asparagus crowns nine inches deep in containers, and I'll work them up to the top. Uh, Can I plant some seeds, asparagus seeds, down at the bottom, or should I wait till I get more to the top of the container? Are these in-ground containers? Like, like, uh, I'm starting them, I'm starting them in. 
Okay. They they really they won't survive over the winter in your container, Ed. So you'll need to sink the containers. If you're just starting them to move them on later, uh, you could. I would wait till you get to the final location before sprinkling the seeds near the top of the surface uh, to supplement the crowns. The seeds are going to take a lot longer to ever get big enough, but uh, they really need to be in the ground uh, to get big. They they won't live in containers probably in Minnesota. For very many years if they make it through one winter. Good luck with that. All right. Hang on, Teresa. We're going to look at that forecast, and we have about another half hour of the show to go. Here on News Talk 830, this. Welcome back to our Smart Garden Show here every Saturday in the 8 o'clock hour. Thanks to good folks like Master Gardener Teresa Rooney helping you out today, either by phone or by text, 651-461-9226. We'll get you either a text or a chat with uh, Teresa Rooney. Uh, you know, we mentioned uh, the, the Arboretum briefly, and we mentioned also the University of Minnesota website. And I think we could go back, as we, if, if we're getting questions about the plant sale at the Arboretum, and you mentioned it, that mm-hmm. even to view, just to get out there and wander around or have a bite to eat, whatever the case may be, you need reservations, you could do mm-hmm. it online, right? Mm-hmm. And you do it online, and it's absolutely gorgeous out there. There's so much blooming. The tulips are up, the the service berries, the magnolias, everything's up and starting to bloom and just looking beautiful. So get out there, ideas for your garden, see what plants are going on. Yeah, Check absolutely. Check out the sale if you, if you are going to the sale. And if you head out there, you will be back after that. You first will be visit. back yeah. many times. <laughs> All right, let's grab a phone call. Tom, I believe, is calling in from Ham Lake this morning. Thanks, Tom. What's your question? Hi, yeah. I was thinking of uh, adding clover to my yard and eliminating uh, all the work with grass. But I have uh, Creeping Charlie all around the perimeter in a wooded area. Is that a problem? or? Um, the Creeping Charlie will outcompete the clover, so you'll need to manage the Creeping Charlie and keep it back into the shaded areas, and then do go ahead and overseed. In the spring is the best time to overseed for clover in your lawns, and that's a great idea. All right, very good. Good luck with that, Tom. Yeah, I love that idea. Yeah, thanks, Tom. Thank Uh, you. And uh, Texter says this, my limelight hydrangeas were decimated by rabbits. I have some green leaves coming from near the base and up to where the bark is gone. Should I cut the branches without bark off at the decimation point that would leave a 12-inch high bush? They were 7 feet tall. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So before you do that, I want you to take a picture of that and then uh, put a note in your calendar on your phone or whatever, whatever works on October 1st to fence the hydrangeas. Just put a note, maybe with the picture there, saying you don't want this to happen again. But then, yes, go ahead. If they've if they've gone all the way around the bark, they've girdled those branches. Uh, the nutrition can't get up and down anymore, so you have to cut it off right under that girdled area. And then the plant will send up new new branches, but it probably won't get seven feet high this year. I'm sorry about that, but it'll be healthy. It'll come from the roots. It just may take a little while to recover its height again. Okay. Good luck. This texter planted a bunch of bare root maple trees last spring, and the rabbits and deer have devoured them. Uh, question is, if there is one bud left, will it survive? Can the tube protector be taller than the trees? Thank you. Don't let the tube protector be taller than the trees. Um, just put a fence around it, uh, maybe chicken wire, and then since they're so short, just top it with a little chicken wire, and then the deer and the rabbits won't get to it anymore. Uh, if there's anything left above ground, it probably will come back. 
or probably come back from the roof if you can, if you can wait that long. Uh, good luck with all your maples. I'm sorry about that. Yeah, yeah those wow. critters were hungry. It was it was long winter for them. They, they were very hungry. Absolutely. Let's grab another phone call this morning. Corky calling in from Carver, I believe. Corky, good morning. What is your question for Master Gardener Teresa Rooney? Hi, my question is, we planted some arborvitae two years ago, and we uh, wrapped it with burlap over winter. And when we took the burlap off, one of them had like two stems going up, and the one branch or stem was completely brown and dead. We cut that off. Will we have to replace the whole tree, or will that other one bush out enough to look decent? The other one will bush out. I'm not sure how decent it will look. It depends on how big your plants were and how, how big that branch is right now. It'll maybe will just look a little weird for a little while, but as the light is now able to get to a lot of those growing points on that side that was shaded before, it should start to branch out and you should see it um, fluffing out a little bit for you. It, you're just going to have to decide if that aesthetic is going to work for your what you're trying to make it look like, if you're happy with it, saying, that tree's a survivor. It looks a little weird, but it's a survivor, so it bears its scars well, or it's not going to be perfect enough for what I need. I need to replace it. Good luck with that, Corky. That's, that's a heartbreaker. Sorry about that. You and I talked about uh, planting tomatoes. Maybe it's a, too, a little too early for that. This texture says, is it too early to plant tomatoes and cucumbers in a raised bed? Uh, you know, it's still a little chilly at night. If you can wait another few weeks, we're only halfway through May, and usually we say maybe wait a week or so to see what's going on, make sure the weather the following week looks good, and then go for it if you can wait till next weekend, if I can wait till next weekend. Because those temps, if they drop into the 40s, that's really hard on the tomatoes. Another also, uh, yeah, go ahead. No, 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 another rabbit nibbler question here. Okay. Okay. Korean lilac branch bark stripped by rabbits over the winter. Can it be... Uh, is it worth saving, and can it be saving? Save if, if it's if it's stripped. Uh, you could if you want to wait and see if it fluffs out at the end, sends sends leaves. Sometimes they'll still send leaves out there because there was residual energy in those buds, but then the leaves die. Uh, you may just need to cut it back just below the rabbit damage. Here's a lawn question, Teresa, and we get this often. Uh, I have a beautiful green lawn. Good for you. I do not see bumps. However, when I walk on it and cut the grass, I feel bumps. This is only on the lawn on the south side of my house. What might be causing this? I'm guessing it's probably worms, earthworms, and they're maybe more active there because it's a little warmer in the soil. Maybe the soil is a little easier to get through and there's more insects for them to eat on that side of the house rather than the other side. Uh, so that's what I would guess it's earthworms. And if you want, I would definitely go to the extension website, extension.umn.edu, and check on the lawn page and see what they suggest for that. Sometimes if it's not that bad, you can just let them go, and those those, those little mounds will settle back down again with the rain. Okay. Uh, this listener has a, a three-year-old rhubarb plant. It's growing great. However, the stalks are green. W- will they turn red so we can eat them? If so... Uh, how to uh, how long will that take? You know, it's the third year, so you can harvest them. Some plants will never turn red. That's just their genealogy. They're just never going to turn red. 
There's not a big difference of flavor between the red and the green. It's just the coloring. Uh, so you can always add a few drops of food coloring if you really get red in, in the looks afterwards uh, when you're cooking it. Otherwise, they should be just fine and use it as you would uh, a nice red rhubarb. Uh, it's just some varieties just green and just don't get red. Okay. They, they don't have as much red color. Another yard question, long question. My yard has some areas of thinner grass, and it's a little spongy feeling. Is that from grubs, you think, and what is the treatment? It's probably, I would guess, not grubs. Uh, the thinner grass could just be that it's shadier, and maybe the grass in that area is just dying out for some reason. You could oversee that area. You know, fall is the best time. Spring is the second best time. Uh, just don't use a crabgrass preventer in that area. That would stop those grass seeds from sprouting. But yeah, just go ahead. As long as there's still grass there, there's probably not a grub issue because grubs will eat all of it, all of the, the uh, roots, and then the grass just seems to all die. Uh, but if you've still got grass out there, it's probably just the soil and uh, just overseed in that area uh, according to whatever light you have, whether it's uh, shady, you'd want some more fescues. If it's bright sun, you can go with fescues and Kentucky Blue. Teresa, we, we had this question uh, a couple of shows ago. Uh, what do you think? No mow may. What about that? I heard the university was against it. Okay, so no mow may is a wonderful idea. What we're trying to do is let our pollinators um, either hatch out and fly away or get some of the clover and some of the uh, dandelions that are out there and get some of the pollen. So what you can do is if you, if you want to do no mow may, just... Wait until your grass is, say, four or five inches tall before you mow, and then just mow it down just a, a half an inch or an inch at a time to get it back down. So you're kind of delaying your first mowing a little bit. Uh, you don't want to leave it to get too tall because then it's too hard to bring it back down to that height because your lawnmower is just not going to be able to handle it. But it's just to, to give the, the little pollinators a little more time to get some pollen, to get hatched, whatever they're going to do, and then to move on. And uh, so that's what no mow may, may is. So, you know, yeah, go ahead and, and just mow a little bit later if you can. That's a wonderful thing, especially if you do have those clovers and you have a bee lawn. You want to, you want to let those flowers flower before you, before you cut them all off because that's why you put them in there for the bees. Very good. How often should I water my potted cactus, Texter says? It depends. Um, <laughs> sorry about that question, that answer. Uh, it really depends on how how big the, the container is. It does not need to be watered very often. I would stick my finger down maybe two inches. If the soil is, is very, very dry, then give it a good water and then just let it make sure it drains well. It really depends on how big the container is, what kind of soil you've got in there, how big the plant is. And if it's in the hot sun, if it's in your house in a bright window, it really just depends on a lot of different things. But just watch your plants. If it starts to look kind of pinched and wilty, you may need to water it a little bit more, a lot of different things. But just watch your plants. If it starts to look kind of pinched and wilty, you may need to water it a little bit more. Otherwise, I'm guessing maybe once a month, but again, use your fingers to see what that soil is doing and, and go by that, and by, by that, by what you find out. Catherine and Blaine is on the horn here before we take a quick break. Catherine, what is your question, please? Hey, good morning. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, yes, I on the north side of my house, I have moss. Now, how do I 
uh, how do I get rid of that moss? And can I plant grass there, or or is it just an indication that it won't grow? That's a good question, Catherine. Um, You can leave the moss grow, and it'll be just a beautiful moss garden. If you don't want moss in that area, moss grows in an area where the soil is poor, where it may be a little damper than normal, where you don't have a lot of good air circulation. So if you can um, amend any of those issues, get some more air circulation back there, get some more light back there, get some more um, fertility into the soil, you can remove the soil, and then you can plant some fescues. They'll take a little bit of shade. It really depends on how shady that area is. If it's shade all day long, I would try just using ground covers that take the shade rather than grass because the grass just is not going to be happy. The grass is a full sun plant for the most part. Good luck with the, though with the moss. Very good. A quick break is in order, Teresa. We'll be back right after that in the Twin Cities. Uh, we expect uh, maybe a few showers today. Highs near 73. Nice Mother's Day tomorrow with sunshine and 72. Right now on CCO, 63 degrees. And a good Saturday morning to you. Welcome back to our Smart Garden Show here every Saturday in the 8 o'clock hour this morning. We are delighted to have Master Gardener Teresa Rooney with us uh, answering those lawn and garden type of questions. And we still have a ton, so don't don't go away just yet, Teresa. Uh, Let's see. Here's another one. Uh, This list is going to put uh, the patio pots together this week, wondering what you recommend to keep. Oh, here we go. Squirrels out of them. I've tried cayenne pepper, soap shavings, dog hair, etc. Nothing seems to work. What do you think, Teresa? don't have a dog, you could use the cocoa, she- the cocoa mulch, the cocoa-, cocoa shell mulch. That's a very fragrant mulch. If you have a dog, you can't use that. But otherwise, um, what, you- what you're just trying to do is disguise the smell of the freshly dug soil and that loose soil, which is like a squirrel's dream to put you know, seeds in and, and look for seeds because it's easy to dig. And that freshly dug soil means somebody else has been in their territory digging up the soil and maybe planting stuff that they need to eat or that they need to get rid of or whatever. Uh, So if you can disguise that freshly freshly dug soil, what you might want to try to do, if you can't use the cocoa shell mulch or or a nice mulch that can disguise that that freshly dug soil, uh, brew a strong-smelling tea, peppermint, ginger, cinnamon, just something. Let it cool down. And then just gently water all of the, the pots with that, that fragrant tea that will then maybe disguise the, the fragrance of the soil that you've just dug up. Good luck with that one. Yeah. Uh, I'm looking at all these texts. My geranium, here's another one, Teresa. My geranium has come back from winter full of green. When should I expect flowers? Uh, when it probably gets outside and gets a lot more sunshine. So go ahead and plant it up when it's warm enough. Put it outside and, and uh, it should start flowering for you fairly quickly. Another quick one. Can you use garden soil in containers? No. Why garden is soil that? is way too heavy. It'll just turn into concrete almost in, in there. So you need soils that have a lot of the perlite and, and things like that mixed in. So you need container soils, container or potting soil. That's what you need in your containers, not garden soil. We were talking about plant sales earlier. Listener says the Friends plant sale this weekend at the State Fair Grandstand. 
That's true. I forgot about the Friends yeah. plant sale. Yeah, they said that's, it's huge and fabulous. Well, that's it's good. huge and fabulous. I've never been. I just know it's huge, and I've heard it's fabulous. All right. This listener, Teresa, says they have an indoor Norfolk pine about five feet tall that has grown a mushroom on top of a thick covering of mold on the soil. They say I keep a wood cover on it because my cat would <laughs> dig this stuff. Is it dangerous? Mm-hmm. I guess the question is, is it dangerous? They're hoping to get it outside. Um, they can get it outside. They can just take that mushroom off. It's just the fruiting body. It just means something is decaying under there with that nice, moist, protected soil. It could be some some of the mulch is decaying or one of the plant roots died off, and, and now it's just sending up the fruiting structure. So take the mushroom off so kitty cat can't get it and no grandchildren or children can get it. And, uh, yeah, just put it outside then carefully like you do every spring. A couple of minutes ago on the show, Teresa, when is the best time, the listener says, to uh, – First fertilizer for dandelions and crabgrass. Okay, so I'm thinking they want an herbicide, not a fertilizer. Yeah. Uh, so I would I would wait. If you're doing a um, a liquid fertilizer, you can do that anytime. Uh, if you're going to do be doing a weed and a feed, something like that, uh, then just you know if you can do liquid is the best. But if you do the granular, just make sure you've watered well and that the gran granulate gran granulars grens whatever they are, um, can actually stick on the plants uh, to, to kill the plants that they're supposed to kill the dandelions if you're doing a weed and feed. Let us do another quick one. Mushrooms taking over our lawn where a tree was cut down a couple of years ago. This is the second year I have been told they're coming from decaying tree roots. How do we get rid of them? How many years could this continue? It could continue for a really long time. It's not a problem. If you don't like the look of the mushrooms, just knock them over. There's nothing to do. They're not anything bad. If you, But if you have kids or, or dogs or pets that might nibble on them, they shouldn't. But if they do, uh, just knock them down, and that's all you have to do. It's just the fruiting body. Think of it as like a flower. It's not, but just think of it like that. Just cut it off. Just knock it down on the ground, and you're fine. Absolutely. Now, I know we've just had a, have about a minute to go, Teresa. Let's remind our listeners to get to the Arboretum. I mean, we, we love that place, and uh, but you have to make reservations online. Yep, make reservations, get your ticket, get to the Arboretum. It's a idea just beautiful, healthy space to walk in, and great place to get ideas for your garden and to see what that tree will look like full grown that and, you want to put in the yard. And what about the University Extension? That website is a great one extension.umn.edu. They even have a little section on what you should be doing now in your garden. And next week is the plant sale. And next week is the Hennepin County plant sale. So Master Gardener plant sale. Hope to see you there. Absolutely. Thanks again, Teresa. Always a pleasure. Thanks, Danny. Have fun, everybody, and happy Mom's Day to all Yes, don't forget Mom tomorrow. Master Gardener Teresa Rooney here on our uh, Smart Garden Show on CSU. Now, get those home improvement questions ready. Andy Lindis will be next up here after the uh, 9 o'clock news break. Any kind of a home improvement question that's on your mind, we welcome yours either by phone or by text. Slight chance of showers today here in the Twin Cities. Well, how about a daytime high? 73 or so today. We dropped to 55 overnight. Then Mother's Day tomorrow, mostly sunny. Highs near 72. Right now, here in the Twin Cities, the winds are east at 12. The dew point 53, temp 63. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. 
Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of colors starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places.